Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast, coming up. These energy centers can be operating fully with intention, just thinking about those areas about my spirituality, about my intuition, about my communication, about my ability to love and give and receive love and see beauty in all things, about my personal power, about my ability to experience joy and pleasure and be in my own sexuality, um, about my connection to the earth plane and the foundations of my life. Let, let me just like energetically wash and physically wash those areas clean and bring them back into balance. Intention is everything. So. You know, I, I know people can be intimidated sometimes by this kind of work, but it can be as simple as five minutes. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world leading face yoga expert, best selling author of the book Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice, and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media, as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast, as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hello friends, hope you are doing really well. I am excited for this week's podcast. It is right up my street because it is all about chakras. So we're really understanding each of the chakras in the body, how they manifest when they're unbalanced, how this can affect our skin, how it can affect our mind, how it can affect our body, and then also looking at ways that we can balance those chakras. Now, I have a gorgeous guest, a beautiful soul explaining all of this for us today. And I have Ambie Kavanagh. She's a writer, an author, a speaker. She's a new mum of a 14-month-old baby. She's an expert in chakras. She's an expert in all things astrological. And she is an amazing wellness guru with a huge following. So I'm super excited for this episode. I know you are going to love it. And before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind you about my two face yoga apps. So someone asked me last week, what is the difference between your apps and everything you share on YouTube and Instagram? And the difference is with an app, you have a very structured program in your pocket guiding you through exactly how to do key techniques for the face. I know what it's like when you go on YouTube or you go on Instagram or Facebook. It's all a bit messy. You don't really know which video you should be doing, which one you shouldn't be doing. Is this working the right part of my face? Am I doing enough of this? Am I doing too little of it? It really can get confusing. So the reason I made these two apps is so you've got a super structured program. So one of my face yoga apps is all in 10 minute sections. You've got a really structured 10 minute for the upper face with the key techniques, 10 minutes for the lower face with the key techniques. You've got 10 minutes of beautiful face massage, which you can use a warm up or you can use it standalone. And then you've got 10 minutes of wellness, affirmation, 
inflammations and acupressure for the face as well. So that can be used as a cool down or it can be used again standalone. And there's lots of lovely bonus tracks on that app too for the mind and the body. My other face yoga app again is just designed to be a really neat little package for you. So you have 15 sections and they're all about two to three minutes long and they're designed to be fit into your busy day. So it's designed so you can literally pick your phone or your tablet up. You can click on a section, for example, maybe you want to click on the one that says before you go to sleep and you just do your structured two minutes. It's that lovely, neat little package for you. And it's only a one-off fee. So once you've paid the one-off fee, those videos are yours for life. There's no monthly subscription or anything like that. So you just need to search Danielle Collins on your app store and all the apps are there. I also have the body yoga, the mama yoga, and also the well-being yoga apps too, as well as those two face yoga apps. So let's get into this week's episode with the lovely, lovely Ambie. Ambie, a warm, warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. I am so honoured and excited to have you on today. Oh, thank you, Danielle. Um, it's lovely to talk to another Brit. I'm very excited to be here. Oh, I'm really excited. And I've got so much I want to ask you about chakras. And before we get into that, I'd just love to know a little bit about how your 2020 has been. This is something which I'm asking all my guests at the moment, because I just think it's been such a unusual year that has impacted all of us in, in so many ways. So how have things been for you? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, I have, I had a baby last September. Mm -hmm. um, he's 14 months old now. So when everything really kicked off when we got locked down in March, he was only six months old. And that was just, you know, I was still in the newborn uh, sort of haze of exhaustion and just really integrating and adapting to, you know, life as a new mum. And then when everything happened, it was just, it just added to the sort of discombobulation and the challenges. Um, and it's been a really challenging year in many ways. I mean, I feel very grateful because myself, my family, my extended family and friends, everyone's doing okay. But, you know, it's just really pushed all of us outside of our comfort zone. And, and for me, just being a new mom, I think I've just found it really hard to understand which parts of what I'm going through transformation wise are part of be becoming a mum and which parts are just COVID, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, global lockdown, not being able to see my family and, and, and friends and loved ones. But it's been isolating for sure. It's been challenging, I think, emotionally, um, mentally on many levels. But at the same time, it's also been deeply transformative and healing because I think that in that quiet, you know, when you're, well, for many new mums, and, and I know for me, I'm self-employed and I do, I have all these different projects and things I do. I think there's a tendency to try and go back to life as it was before being a mum. And actually what this did was make me, you know, I was actually just about to kind of come out and up hibernation in March. I had like a photo shoot booked. I had, you know, for my book and this, that and the other. And I had like all the social stuff with friends arranged. And then we were locked down and it forced me to just be still and to really be in the moment and to just rest in a way that it's been really good for me. So it's been a mix of good and bad and definitely deeply transformative. Yeah. I mean, this year has been crazily transformative for every single person I know. And I'd love to get your perspective, actually, from an astrological point of view, because I know that that really is one of your areas of specialism in terms of 
why you feel this year has been so transformative, obviously sort of COVID aside, but also something which I really remember when I listened to your podcast that you did with Kelsey Patel was about how you said that we sort of need to buckle up our seatbelts for the last few months of of this year, because (laughs) actually we've still got a lot of stuff going to be happening. So I'd love to know your perspective on that sort of 2020 past and future. Yeah, well, you know, I think that that there was just some specific astrological sort of celestial meetings, shall we say, that were going to take place this year that are very rare and that, you know, all us astrologers were looking at the kind of one at the beginning of the year and saying, oh, gosh, what on earth is going to happen? I mean, I remember three years ago sort of saying to my husband and and family members and people, clients of mine who are in, in sort of, you know, certain businesses, like, listen, March 2020 is looking like there's going to be a beginning of a global recession. Mm-hmm. And everyone would say, why? And I said, because I'm, so, I'm looking ahead at the astrology and I'm seeing something massive and disruptive is going to happen that's almost going to break down the foundations of our society, break everything down to rebuild it. And so that's what we've seen this year. This year has been one of destruction. It's been one of deep transformation, but through and, and and it is one of creation, but through that initial destruction. So it was a meeting of two planets, and that those two planets that met up, Saturn and Pluto, met up in Capricorn. And this is very rare that they meet, you know, because such Pluto specifically is such a slow-moving planet that when they meet up in this way, it literally is like outright obliteration, destruction. And if you think about it that's what COVID has been, right? Yeah. Because it's changed the way that we do everything. It's changed. I mean, I did not see, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I saw a virus coming. I did not see that. Um, I wouldn't want to pretend that I was able to see, you know, in this looking glass and sort of thing, oh yeah, I saw that this was going to happen. That was going to happen. I just saw, my goodness me, those two are meeting and this is such a rare configuration. It's like literally every hundreds of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years it takes for them to meet like this. And this part of the Zodiac that rules all our structures, all our authority figures, the patriarchy, governments, all of our systems, this is going to be life-changing and it's not going to necessarily be pretty. And so, you know, a lot of the challenges that we've seen across the world, all these things like bringing up, you know, how we travel, how we eat, healthcare, racial injustice, economic injustice, like the fact that, you know, COVID is affecting people who have comorbidities and to begin with, um, you know, they're, they're dying at such a higher uh, rate is also bringing it into, you know, it's highlighting the economic disparities that certain people are facing that leads them to, it's almost as though, you know, poverty is a comorbidity, right? And so it's bringing up all this stuff about us as a society and how we structure so that we can build something that's a fairer foundation for all beings. And that doesn't come easily because we're used to the way that we have been operating, you know, um, and that we have operated on a government level and on a societal level, and that's all that's shifting. So we've definitely got some, you know, especially here in the States, we had the election. And when I saw the election, I was just like, it's not going to get called on the day that the election, you know, it's taking place because Mercury was turning direct that day. So I knew there was going to be this kind of mess from the election, which is still ongoing here, mm. even though, you know, we do have a clear winner, really. Mm. Um, but there's still that energy of the last four years of what America's been going through, but also what the world collectively, I think, moved in a certain direction politically. And I think there's kind of like a 
it's almost just like there's a purge going on at the moment. So we're about to enter eclipse season, which is, you know, eclipses are like new moons on on steroids <laughs> and uh, full moons on steroids. <laughs> so they're really intense. And that's probably going to bring some sweeping drastic changes. Um, also, there's a configuration of two planets meeting up for the third time right now, which is when I said to my husband at the beginning of the year, you know, when we saw that COVID was becoming an issue, I said, it's going to peak again in the summer. And it's going to peak again in middle of November because that's when these two planets are meeting up and it's actually going to die down. So it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. But, yeah. you know, next year things are going to get better. It's just we've all got to really buckle down and just have that stiff upper lip as we Brits like to do <laughs> of just like getting through and braving through the next few months, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything you say there is just so amazing and so true. And the fact that you were able to call this sort of three years ago in terms of what was happening with the planets is just phenomenal. And I think that this year will, without a doubt, go down in history as one of the most transformative years we have ever had. And like you say, it isn't just COVID. It's so many things on a global scale. And there's not one person hasn't experienced some level of transformation, whether it be something which is helpful and positive or whether it be something that is very difficult and perhaps has a lot of negativity in it as well. Such None of a, us are immune, right? None of us I are immune. Know, I, mean, I think that's so what's true. so fascinating about it. I saw a um, advert somewhere that showed that on a teaspoon and showed that, you know, when you added up all the the, the, code, the infection, it was less than a teaspoon worldwide. Wow. And isn't, isn't it crazy that we, so I think that, you know, in a sense, it's bringing us, even though it's causing great destruction and devastation, it's also reminding us of that interconnectedness that we have with each other. And, you know, that butterfly ripple effect that, you know, what happens to someone in China affects someone in India and Australia and England and America and Mexico and New Zealand. It's like, you know, there's that connectedness that we need to remember so that we can operate in a way that serves everyone. Absolutely. And have you always been very intrigued by planets and moons and astrology? And have you always been very intuitive? Is it something you remember being as a child quite an intuitive? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've always been, you know, a little bit in another world. <laughs> and um, and luckily, I had a family that encouraged that in many ways, and that allowed that to flourish within me. But at the same time, I was a lawyer for many years. And um, I was a lawyer that was obsessed with astrology and spirituality and meditation and energy healing and all of those things. And I think that these gifts or you know, this this ability to connect to something else and to see things in a different way was always going to become what I did for a living. But I'm so grateful that I was a lawyer for many years first, because I do feel that it's given me the ability to help people astrologically or spiritually or energetically, emotionally in all those different ways, but through a grounded sort of format. You know, I think that there's a lot of these concepts can seem quite out there and woo-woo, but because I was a lawyer for many years, when I really get into it and I start explaining, you know, I do these posts on Instagram when I call them as above, so below, and I start pointing out synchronicities and coincidences and bringing facts in to show people these are cycles, guys. It's not that I'm, you know, some, you know, I have some God-given talent. Like, I'm just looking at cycles of what's happening above in the, in the stars and how it's playing out on the earth plane and affecting all of us. And I think that that groundedness is, you know, something that comes from that career as a lawyer. So no, I haven't always been, you know, doing all the things I've been doing, but um, I'm very grateful to be doing this work now because it certainly is my passion and purpose. 
And was there a turning point? Was there a moment that you had sort of a spiritual awakening or just a a sort of realisation that being a lawyer isn't for me and there's something else I need to do and I need to share these gifts and these talents and these thoughts and these feelings with the world? Yeah, very much so. I mean, when I was just turned 30, um, a long time ago now, I had um, a breakup with someone who I thought I was going to marry. It's the only guy that I'd lived with, boyfriend I'd lived with. And I really thought we were going to get married. And I suddenly realized I didn't want to have children with him. And, you know, everyone around me was, I thought I'd be married with two kids by the time I was 30. It did not work out that way. <laughs> and that, you know, not wanting to have children with him because I realized like on a value level, we were so different and, and far removed was really start, made me kind of do the work to ask myself, well, who am I? What are my values really? Not what society values are but you know how do I want to raise children how do I want to live my life what do I want to contribute to the world and as part of that I started to realize that you know doing law which I'd done for many years in a firm and you know very high profile clients and this and the other and then I was had my own consultancy I used to do little spots on tv you know legal commenting on in the UK all of that was great but it wasn't my passion and purpose anymore. It's just like I'd outgrown it. And it was really challenging for me because at this point, I was suddenly now in my mid-30s and I changed my entire life in my mid-30s and everyone thought I was having a midlife crisis. I thought I was having a midlife crisis. And, <laughs> you, you know, it seemed so crazy. And especially for someone who's pretty traditional and, you know, always been quite sensible and always, you know, just done things by the book and really always wanted to have a family and always wanted to just have that traditional family unit. I was just kind of throwing everything up in the air at a strange time of my life. But it was the best thing I ever did. It led to me moving to America off the back of a dream. I never had America on my list to move to. It led to me, you know, finding my purpose, my passion, um, and really flourishing in it. It led to me healing my many aspects of myself, probably generational aspects, you know, within my family constellation, um, and eventually meeting my husband and having my baby. So mm. I'm really, really, really grateful. And even if things did happen to me later in life, I've just, you know, I hope that my story kind of in, inspires people to know that it's never too late to really make those changes and to have the life that you want. But sometimes the universe wants you to be really aligned with your soul's truth in order for those other things that you want to happen to happen. I completely agree. And one of the things I love reading on your website was there was always two things that you knew for sure, that you wanted to have a family and you wanted to write a book. And isn't it amazing that both of those things have happened, what, within the last sort of 14 months or so? Um, Even though we talk about 2020 and all the, I guess, the negative side of it, but actually it's really allowed you to bring forward and, and really do and be part of those those dreams that you've had for a long, long time. No, you're you're absolutely right. And thank you for that reminder because when I talked about 2020, I forget the fact that I had my baby in the last year and I had this yes. book. And literally the biggest blessings. Um I'm so, so, so grateful. And yeah, I always knew those two things. And I, I just feel really, 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 really grateful that that those have managed to happen. And you know, I, I think that sometimes in life, I don't know if you find this, but I think sometimes we think that people are just manifesting things effortlessly and everything's perfect in their lives and all the, you know, all these silly sort of, you know, um, things that we we think about life of other people that we don't really know because of what we see online. And I think it's good to sort of show the, the grit behind it all as well. And yeah. that, you know, 
there's a journey normally to get to where we want to get to go you know same for you I'm sure as well it's like we, we, there's always a journey there's a lot of hard work that goes in behind the scenes not just in terms of working on your your trade your 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 passion your purpose but also working on yourself yes absolutely and something which I've always done I mean ever since I've been in this whole wellness world and ever since I went through the reason I got into this is I went through quite a a difficult illness when I was um, 21 so sort of 18 years ago now Um, but for me it this year interesting I've always worked on myself and I've always obviously been very much into yoga and spirituality and holistic health but interestingly this year I've done more of the it's always difficult to know what's called I guess the shadow work work, um, inner child healing, the messy work, you know, that type of stuff, probably than ever before. Um, And I have found that more than ever this year, I have been living in my purpose, despite it being a year of so many challenges, I have also really felt that by doing that work, so I'm really glad you you mentioned that and brought that up because it is easy to look at what other people are doing and think it's either just hard work on the trade or mm-hmm. lots of great manifestation. But I think what we mm. forget is there's hard work. And when we say hard work, we mean that like messy inner work, yeah. starting to understand what parts of us we we don't like or are difficult or we need to work through or where there's trauma that's that's such an important part of it isn't it and moving out that gunk I think that you know what I see for the next two years astrologically is that we're moving into a new way of operating on all levels it's going to affect our financial structures it's which I know scares people because we have such a limited lack of mindset about those things but it's going to it's going to impact us in every single when it's really about stepping into our values and I think as part of that we have to clear out the gunk right we have to make the space within and clear ourselves of the things that we might not like in others but it's actually a reflection of something within ourselves as well you know and and when we we heal those parts of ourselves our psyche when we make space internally we, we not only make space for manifestation in our own lives, but also so that we can be part of the solution in the world. The world needs more healed people who've moved out their own way and have really stepped into their power and purpose because everyone's got a special, special, unique role to play in our world. And we all just need to kind of be as clear internally as possible so that we can do that. Absolutely. I feel like my sort of little sentence or mantra, so to speak, for this year is get comfortable with the discomfort. And that has just been the theme through the year for me. And I think when you can get to a place where you can find some comfort in that discomfort, you can find that you can just be there. What a difference that makes. Yeah, that's a beautiful mantra, by the way. I I love that. I think I'm going to adopt that. For the next, next <laughs> you can of adopt it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and what I'd love to talk about on the same sort of theme as that, really, is our chakras. And I know yeah. this is something which you are such an expert in and something which you love talking about as well. So what I'd really like to do is I'd like to go through each of the chakras and I'd like you to give us a little bit of an insight about what signs we can look out for when that particular chakra might be unbalanced or there's something just not the way it should be with that chakra. And then 
what it looks like when it is more balanced or what we can yeah. do to rebalance it. And if you could link that to sort of our mind, body and face, because that's what we're all about yeah. here on the Face Yoga Expert podcast is the face, but also the mind and the body too. So maybe if we start with the root chakra. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, the root is the right place to start because it's the first of the foundational, the, the seven foundational chakras. The root is the first one. And the root chakra is very much about our connection to the earth plane. So it's very much about our our bodies as well, because it's about food. It's about basic resources. It's about having a roof over our head. It's about our basic needs being met. But it also, on a, on a you know, on another level, is about our feeling of belonging. Our feeling of belonging on this earth plane. And you know, when somebody has an out of whack root chakra, it can be overactive or it can be underactive. And if it's overactive, they can be like too obsessed with material possessions, too obsessed maybe with the way that they look, right? They like always have to have makeup on and they can never be without, do you know what I mean, barefaced or something like that. Like they, they're so kind of overly connected to the physicality of life. And that can be a bad thing. That can be a bad thing to be overly obsessed with money or resources or possessions or our, our physical beauty. Equally, if it's un underactive, then it can be somebody who has you know, insecurities around those things. Maybe they feel financially insecure. Maybe they're not having their basic needs being tended to, or maybe they're not you know, feeling secure in their own bodies and faces. And that can manifest you know, within uh, our faces, literally, and our bodies as not being the best looking version of ourselves. And not to say that in a kind of superficial way, because there's nothing wrong with wanting to look beautiful and wanting to be healthy and wanting to look good, right? And when someone has an underactive root chakra, I know I, I went through this, I just went through a few years where I looked pretty terrible because I was just so insecure about myself. I went through, you know, it, it brought up a lot of skin issues as well, like I had bad skin. And I think that was the, the internal imbalance, energetic imbalance playing out externally. So, a good way of keeping this chakra in balance is just being connected to your life on earth, you know, like taking care of yourself, taking care of your basic needs. If you don't drink X amount of water every day, then how, you're not going to be hydrated. That's not going to be good for your mind, body or your soul. If you don't eat healthily then or, and regularly, then how you, you're not going to be nourished. If you don't get enough rest and sleep, you're not going to feel good and operate your best, you know. So it's about taking care of those basic resources and also understanding that as much as we're all on a spiritual journey, we are in human bodies. We are on this earth plane to enjoy earthly possessions and pleasures. And there's nothing wrong with that, but just walking that fine line of balance in, in how much we enjoy things. Do you know what I mean? Not forgetting that it's about, yes, I mean, I love pretty things. I have my moon in Taurus. I love beautiful things. But I also love nature in a way that, you know, nature is completely free in a sense, right? But it's so healing and precious and sacred to me. So it's just about kind of like coming into that groundedness on the earth plane. Then we have the sacral chakra and that sacral chakra is actually just sort of um, in your lower abdomen. And it really is the, the passion and pleasure point of energy center of your body. So with the sacral chakra, it affects things like pleasure in all ways, like whether it's enjoying food, whether it's enjoying music, whether it's moving, dancing, sex, all of those kind of things. And actually, when the sacral chakra is out of whack in any way, that can really affect um, our hormones and our fertility levels, um, as well as our basic enjoyment of life. But it has an impact very much physiologically on the body. So again, with that 
you know, chakra gets overactive, you can have people who are addicted to things. They're addicted to eating sweets or drinking too much alcohol or drugs or other things, or they're addicted to sex, or they're addicted to constantly seeking these highs in a way that is just, you know, there can be too much of a good thing, right? But when there's when it's underactive, that's somebody who, and again, I've suffered from underactive of nearly all my chakras. So I've definitely been through this journey myself. When it's underactive, you lose your mojo. You don't really enjoy, you know, you don't really have those basic pleasures in life. Um, your hormones can be really affected, which can have a massive impact on your entire body. Again, you know, when I did go through my sort of big life change, I suddenly had the worst cystic acne all over my face, my chest and my back, which was debilitating because it made me feel even worse about myself. But really, again, it was a reflection of what was going on internally and energetic imbalance that needed addressing. So, you know, for people to have a balanced sacral chakra, it's to allow themselves to experience pleasure. It's to be connected to their own sexuality. It's to move their body, to dance, to enjoy you know, the thing, whatever it is, it gives them pleasure to enjoy it and to understand again that we are souls in human bodies walking on this earth plane. And it's good to have pleasure because pleasure is our divine right. But there's also too much of a good thing. And, you know, you have to just watch for kind of keeping things balanced and not overdoing things. And then we have around the belly, um, around the navel, the belly button, we have the solar plexus. And this is one of my favorite chakras because it's like the personal energy point center of the body and say like your personal power is really from your solar plexus so a lot of the times i find that when people have either an overactive solar plexus or an underactive solar plexus either way so an overactive would be they're too much in their personal power like there is too again too much of a good thing they could be too egotistical they could be too like i need to rule everything and everyone and control everything and everyone and i need to always win and that can be reflected in their digestion and their gut and equally if they're underactive and they're just like not in their own power and they're insecure and they don't assert themselves they may have gut issues as well so you know a lot of people have gut issues which I find really fascinating because the gut has such an impact on the gut health has such an impact on mental health right and you know how happy we are how mentally clear we are how we how well we can think and how emotionally healthy we are so checking in with your gut and understanding that if you're having constipation or you're having um, diarrhea regularly or you're having other kind of gut related issues like you've always got a bloated belly or things that's actually probably related in some way to the functioning of that energy center and your personal power and bringing that into balance and alignment is a way of healing your gut as well and healing your gut will heal the rest of your body especially again what I found is when my gut was unbalanced and I had gut issues I had terrible skin so it was a manifestation of toxins within my gut that needed to be cleared and healed and I had a really bloated belly as well so um, that's something for people to watch out for and to understand that you know we're all powerful in our own way and there's nothing wrong with being and standing in your personal power and standing up for yourself, standing up for yourself, asserting yourself and affirming what it is that you want and knowing that you have the ability to go and manifest it. It's just we've all got to be careful when we get, you know, egotistical, which can happen to people at times. And I think there's plenty of examples in government and politics of people who are overly egotistical and don't necessarily 
behave in a way that is conducive for a healthy operation of the uh, solar plexus <laughs> or life, right? I mean, it's just, it doesn't really serve the greater good. So it's thinking about that. Then we next have the heart chakra. And as, as the name suggests, it's around the chest. And this chakra is the bridge between the lower energy centers and the higher energy centers. And so it really connects to our ability to experience bliss, through that connectivity, through that love for all things, all people, all things, all being. And so a lot of people think about the heart chakra as being about romantic love, and it absolutely is about romantic love, but it's also very much about the love that we just have for life, the love that we have for world, the love that we have for a ladybird, a tree, a a beautiful leaf or a flower, or just seeing something wonderful happen to someone else. It's about that interconnectedness and that reminder that we're all connected and that when we operate through a heart-centered way, because we we realize the impact that the tree has on our life or the little butterfly that flies past has on our life that we or the person that walks by us, then we are really living from the heart. And if everyone lived from the heart, well, we wouldn't have any problems in the world. You know, literally, we would not be operating in the way that we are. And so, when you have a closed off heart, you know, you can have an overactive heart chakra, which is where you can move into codependency. You're like seeking being admired or loved by everyone and everything in an unhealthy way, which actually plays out as people pleasing. It's actually coming from neediness, right? And that's not a healthy, balanced heart chakra. Whereas when it's over, so when it's overactive, it can be in that way. Whereas when it's underactive, we just might be quite closed off. And again, I feel like we see this on a greater, on a bigger scale. You can see this in how some people behave online, right? They say the meanest things that they'd never probably say to someone's face, but they're not connected, connecting from their heart chakra when they're, when they're saying that. They're closing them, they're saying something unkind that's closing off their heart to receiving love as well. You know, it's not giving love and it's not receiving love. So, when someone is emotionally distant or cold or cruel in some kind of a way, they have a blocked heart chakra. Their, their heart chakra is not capable of operating in that harmonious way. And it will play out in the rest of your life because, again, that's just stress. And stress plays out in our bodies, whether it's our face. I and mean, you can tell when someone's loving and kind, it glows in their face, right? Like, I feel like I really it's not necessarily about someone having perfect skin or being so beautiful in, in a traditional way, but I just feel like I see someone and I'm like, oh my God, you're just, you're glowing in a different way. And it's just a goodness that comes out that, you know, shines off their faces. And that's somebody who's probably got a really beautiful, healthy um, heart chakra that's operating in a lovely flowing way. Next up, we have the throat chakra. And again, like the name suggests, it's around the throat. And it's funny because this chakra really relates to communication in all ways. So it's like, on a physiological level it relates to the thyroid and again something interesting that I found is how many more women have thyroid issues than men and that's because I feel like sometimes with women we're swallowing our words a lot you know we've been conditioned in a way of not speaking our truth not speaking up of being you know it's just it's just centuries of conditioning around women's rights and you know oh no don't be too aggressive speak in a nice way because you know whatever and so a lot of the time they're swallowing their words and not saying what they really think or or feel or expressing themselves and they end up with thyroid issues which is hormonal issues because the thyroid is like the body the body's thermometer in many ways and again you know this can lead to hormonal issues fertility issues issues with your cycle and again when the thyroid's not operating properly that can also lead to issues with your skin part of what i went through i had hashimoto's which i cured myself of but it came through really dealing with 
you know, on an energetic level, the the thigh, the throat chakra and speaking up and knowing to express myself and communicate through creativity, but also through understanding, you know, the, the hormonal stuff that needed to be brought into alignment so that my thyroid would be operating healthily, which was a lot about diet um, and what I was consuming and, and removing toxins from my life, et cetera, et cetera. Next up, we have what's called the brow chakra, and it's also known as the third eye. And it's a space in between your eyebrows, which is where the pituitary gland actually is. And that's like the seat of psychic intuition. So that chakra allows us, it connects, it's our connection to our own intuition and to receiving sort of divine intuition, I guess, like those, those kind of, you know, that, that connection to getting knowledge from another place. And when this is blocked, we are disconnected from our own intuition. We rely too much on facts and figures and that can really scare us, can make, put us into a scarcity sort of mindset and lack mindset and can make us think that the world is coming to an end. For example, someone who's like always reading statistics or the news and is going, oh my God, this, oh my God, this is so terrible. This is so terrible. They're, they're, they're relying almost too much on facts. Not that I'm saying facts are a bad thing to rely on or the news is a bad thing, but you have to balance things out and remember that, you know, balancing that out with what is your intuition telling you? Like, I always say this, you know, I remember that the last big recession in 2008, 2009. And I remember at the time just saying, this is working on myself so much. I was like, this is a time where I can manifest miracles. And even though there's all this chaos in the world, and I did manifest huge miracles and huge abundance at that time, because I was connected to my own intuition, which was telling me that this was a special time for me in spite of what the world was collectively going through and not to say I was completely escaping, you know, the collective uh, energies. But do you know what I mean? It's just like that connection, it's like your own intuition to guide you. Like, what does the universe want from me? What is this about for me? What is the lesson for me in this particular, you know, experience that I'm going through? So now, again, you can have too much of a good thing. And sometimes too much of a good thing with the third eye chakra can be to like be too connected to the other world. Like, Sometimes, you know, I've got friends in my in my spiritual buddies and I who've all been through this where we've been like looking for a sign from everything. Oh my God, I've seen 11-11 again. It's like, okay, you're now obsessing and looking for signs. You're looking for messages in a way that what is really your intuition and what is just you making up stuff because you just want to read into everything as being a sign. So you do have to be a little bit careful, you know, with being overly sort of opening yourself up and being overly clairvoyant or overly clairsentient or overly clairaudient, you know, it's like there can't, again, there can be too much of a good thing. Finally, at the seventh main chakra, because there are actually over a hundred chakras in our bodies, but these are the seven ones that everyone should concentrate on, is the crown chakra. And it's at the top of the head. And this is really about our divine connection. So for some people, that's about their connection to God. Some people, that's about their connection to the universe, astrology, the planets, their guides, their masters, departed loved ones, etc., etc. Whatever you want to call it, it's about a divine connection and a spiritual connection. And you know, I find that when people have a blocked crown chakra and they're just so disconnected from source and sources, it's divine, right? There's a source of divinity that is is playing out in each of our lives, whether we realize it or not. They can be quite miserable at times because they feel like they're in charge of their lives and only they are responsible for everything that happens. And they feel a lot of pressure on themselves. And in a way, I think having faith in a divine, in something else and having some kind of divine connection is of great comfort because you don't feel like you're doing life alone. So even if that's you saying, oh, I'm working with the process of life, right? But it's just like understanding that there's a bigger process and a bigger energy that's at play 
that is guiding each and every one of us. And so, you know, having that is, is hugely, I find, hugely comforting. So the crown chakra, when it's blocked in that sense, people don't, you know, people don't believe in God. That's fine. I'm not saying everyone needs to believe in God or a particular religion, but they don't believe in anything. And it's almost just like, again, they over-intellectualize. And I think when you over-intellectualize things, you can't really operate from a place of emotional strength and heart-centeredness. And that can play out in how you look, because you can look a hell of a lot more stressed and, and a lot older than, than you actually are if yeah. you um, are disconnected from those things, because it's draining and tiring and aging. Imagine feeling like it was just you, you and the world. Yeah. Again, you can, have it being, you can have it being overactive and just like not really living on this earth plane. We have to remember we are souls walking in physical bodies on the physical earth plane like the amount of spiritual people i've met who are such wonderful talented gifted souls but are not paying their bills properly or are not making the abundance because they're just like oh spirit will help me and it's like no spirit needs you to do your part spirit's not going to go and put the write the check and put the check in the envelope and put put the stamp on the envelope and put it in the mailbox so that your bills get paid on time like you need to do that you know so you need to like have again everything is about balance and harmony and keeping the scales even you know with all of the chakras and energy centers and you know listen I don't want to sort of say that I'm some kind of a perfect person who's always operating with perfect chakras certainly not but one of the things that I try to do in my everyday work is just check like what's falling off like what's out of balance and in which way is it out of balance and what can I what steps can I take to bring myself back into balance and harmony because as I'm balanced energetically more than likely my my life in the physical plane is going to be a lot more balanced and harmonious. Absolutely. I love that. And you explained it so clearly and so beautifully. And I feel oh. like whether someone's listening and they know a lot about chakras already, it was a really, really great reminder of what we need to do to, to balance all of these chakras, but also for someone that's very new to that concept. And actually on, on that point, maybe you could just explain just in a, a sentence or two what a chakra actually is for someone that is quite new to chakras. Yeah, it's an energy wheel in the body. Um, the, word, uh, the word comes from Sanskrit and it literally means energy wheel. And so this is not something that a doctor would necessarily, you know, it's not like you do a scan and you see your gallbladder or your liver or your kidneys, but it's an, it's not it's not sort of invisible because energy workers can see it. Like I can see if somebody's got a blocked chakra, I can see it. I can't explain how I see it because it's not like I'm using an x-ray, but I can see it energetically. I can see there's just like a, a, a block in some part of their physical energy body that needs sort of addressing. And what's interesting about the chakras is where the chakra, and remember this was thousands of years ago that this was written about in you know Vedic scriptures called the Vedas, where the chakras are lies right along the spine and the parasympathetic nervous system. So it's interesting because that is how is where all the chakras are found. I mean, yes, they start from the bottom of the root chakra and go all the way up the spine, but they relate to parts of the physical body as well. But it is literally a wheel of energy. And it's imagining that if this wheel of energy, this little vortex, the root chakra up to the crown is blocked in some kind of way or not spinning properly, things are going to be out of whack. Yes, I love that. Really, really well explained. And something I would really love to know, just to bring together everything that we've talked about today, 
Have you got a top tip for helping us keep our chakras overall in balance? Is there something you'd recommend that we do or a practice or a ritual that we can just easily put into our life? I understand that we do need to work each one individually, but is there just one sort of thing that you say is useful for for most people? Yeah, you know, I think a simple shower meditation or bath ritual, I call them a chakra balancing bath or a chakra balancing and energy clearing shower ritual, which, you know, most of us bathe every day, I'd like to think, <laughs> um, is just a wonderful way of just sort of bringing intention to your energy body and saying, let me wash away physically and energetically blocks. Let me wash away and make clear the cobwebs so that these energy centers can be operating fully with intention, just thinking about those areas about my spirituality, about my intuition, about my communication, about my ability to love and give and receive love and see beauty in all things, about my personal power, about my ability to experience joy and pleasure and be in my own sexuality, um, about my connection to the earth plane and the foundations of my life. Let, Let me just like energetically wash and physically wash those areas clean and bring them back into balance. Intention is everything. So I I know people can be intimidated sometimes by this kind of work, but it can be as simple as five minutes to just clear yourself energetically. I mean, I have a small baby and I'm running several businesses and, you know, doing a lot of juggling a lot this end, but I still find time to do that because otherwise, oh gosh, I just wouldn't cope. You know, my chakras Mm -hmm. would be completely out of whack. Um, so everyone can do it you know and again in my book and sometimes on my blog I will also and on my Instagram I will share some tools and tips and meditations I sometimes share sound healing meditations that are a wonderful way of just instantly clearing them without you really having to do anything which is I think what a lot of people are looking for definitely and would you be able to let us know where people can connect with you where they can find out about your lovely book and about your meditations about everything that you offer my work is called Alchemy with Ambi and the website is www.alchemywithambi.com. Um, so you can find me on there. I do journal, a blog, uh, um, relatively. I've started doing it a bit more regularly. I'm on Instagram at Alchemy Ambi. And for astrology and the astrological coaching that I do, it's through Soul Astrology. So it's basically astrology for the soul, practical cosmic life coaching, which is a community that I developed and I, I spend a lot of time on there as well. So um, those are the places to find me and um, I do have a little podcast of my own which is kind of very much self-help and I put out little uh, Instagram lives and things for sound baths and things if anyone wants to have a little listen. Yes amazing I'm sure everyone will be going to check all of that out. Thank you so much Ambi. you're such a beautiful soul and such a lovely person and so full of amazing knowledge which I know that all of my listeners are really going to resonate with so so much gratitude to you. Thank you, Danielle, for giving me this opportunity to chat with you. I'm really glad to have connected with you as well. Hope many more things can happen. Like I'd love to have you on my podcast, all about face yoga. But we'll we'll save that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Ambi. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.